Hello, Spartan fans. Welcome to another edition of the 2020 Press Quarters podcast. As always, uh, this is Andrew Bell, joined with my good friend, Ronnie Plazinski. Uh, today, we are going to be, uh, I don't know about dissecting the law, the loss to Indiana, but at least discussing it. Uh, we're going to take a look, a brief look ahead to the contest against Maryland, which neither of us expect to happen. So we we'll probably won't spend a lot of time on, on that. Um, but we did want to bring up some recruiting uh some recruiting stories and probably most importantly for the long-term health of the program, uh, Mel Tucker's press conference and the current roster moves. So uh, without further ado, Ronnie, um, the Spartans uh, scored zero points this past weekend against Indiana and yet somehow looked better than they did uh, the week prior against Iowa. Uh, I think collectively a week prior against Iowa. Um, did was was is there anything positive you can take away from losing to the Indiana Hoosiers at home by a score of twenty four to nothing? Yeah, um, that was rough. It, it was not um, not a happy game to watch. I'm sure all of you feel the same way. It was you know extremely disappointing um, coming from the Iowa game, thinking that maybe the team would have been you know really motivated after the loss, and you know possibly looking for a bounce back. The thing that I thought the positive at least um, was that the defense didn't quit. I thought that they had numerous um, chances to just be like, well, F that, you know, we're not getting any help from the offense and a defense can only last so long when the offense is holding the ball, you know, for at most four plays, because most of the time, you know, they weren't holding it longer than that. And, I mean, they, uh, one play, I mean, they had, play, I think yeah. they had, yeah, they had two one-play drives, I think it yeah. was. I mean, I mean and I, after big plays, too, like, you know, Shakir Brown has interceptions. You know, you're down only 14 at that point. There's a chance in this, or 10 at that point. There's a chance in this game. And Rocky Lombardi arm punts to the other team, you know, multiple times. And he was awful. And I think we can get right into that, is that when your quarterback is as bad as Rocky Lombardi has been in the last two games, and, you know, the kid is a great Spartan, and, you know, he beat Michigan, so that will be his, you know, grace for the rest of his life but you can't you know with good conscience play that kid because you're doing a disservice to the rest of your team and I, I don't know if you thought that but I think that's the last we'll see of Rocky Lombardi a quarterback barring some injury to Peyton Thorne or Theo Day because he has proven he cannot be the guy and you can't even run an offense when you when you're you know giving them 14 17 points to start off with because your quarterback is giving it to them so the the last time a quarterback's looked this bad for MSU in extended action, I, I'm going to go back to 2004 and Stephen Reeves. If you remember, who I Stephen know I remember Reeves Stephen Reeves. I've just it's a, it, we'll fight it out between him and Damon Doddell to be completely honest. No, but Reeves played longer. I mean, that's that's I mean, most recent. That's the most recent. Wait, when was Damon Doddell? I thought he was 2005 and Reeves was 2004. No, Dadell was gone in. Uh, well, he played uh, in that Michigan game in two thousand. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. No. Well, okay. The two, two. Damon Dowdell was better than Stephen Reeves. I remember. That's tough. That's, tough. that's well. Stephen Reeves was um, John L's preferred quarterback of the future, and they threw three three interceptions in the first half against Notre Dame in a, in a winnable game in two thousand four, and then they benched him. And uh, they in the whole second half they went with with Drew Stanton and Ju Kalkrick, and they all of a sudden ha- had some life. Um, so, but anyways, uh, you can't. I mean, Lombardi's stat line is three of seven for twenty one yards and two interceptions. I, 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 he also was sacked. I think three times, no, twice for eleven yards. Um, I, I don't know if he tweaked his ankle or his MCL or his knee or whatever against Iowa, but he is, he's not just, he's not just locking on his primary reads. He's, he's just not seeing the field. And if you're not seeing the field as a quarterback, you're done. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're just, you're just done. And to be honest, he doesn't, he doesn't have the arm talent to not a, not see the field, but B, even when he does say the, see the field, you know, his first interception he threw it like very high in the air. And I mean, Naylor, there was a second where he could have been open and it was such a bad throw that even if, 
the play was there. He didn't have the talent to deliver the ball where it needed to be. And it was, you know, it was very apparent that that was the case. And this game could have been won um, by Michigan State if they had just a competent offense. You know, the defense was doing okay. Uh, And I thought, you know, better than I expected them to do against Michael Penix. And instead, you had no chance to win this game because there was no hope because the offense had to, you know, go away from the run and throw a ton of times and then putting in a redshirt freshman quarterback who's had no game experience, you know, partly, you know, that's just the circumstances, unfortunately, of COVID-19. I mean, it's just a position where you can't win. But what I, I, and I did like what I saw of Peyton Thorne. I actually thought he played quite well besides of interceptions. Uh, obviously he held onto the ball a little too long, took a few sacks, but what do you expect with a, you know, first game action? But I, I like what I saw out of him. Did you like what you saw? Were you a little, uh, I, I liked what I saw. I thought he was pretty accurate compared to Rocky Lombardi, which is kind of a low bar right now. No offense yeah, to Rocky I mean, Lombardi. I, I think I texted you during the game. I, I was like, oh, look, freshman Brian Lewerke. Cause that's who he kind of reminded me of kind of the yeah. uh, escapability quick looking downfield, just kind of, kind of, kind of gunslinging a little bit. Um, but he had, he had enough zip out of the ball. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have a, a rocket arm, but he had he had enough zip and touch on the ball. He looked downfield. He ran downfield. He ran a few times. He took he took a sack where he kind of stared down the, the blitzer and he got kind of deer in headlights. He's a redshirt freshman playing the first time ever. It happens, you know. I it, it, what's unforgivable is earlier in the game, you know, Lombardi gets sacked on a. I mean, it's just a, it's just like a, a simple like stunt. I don't even know if it was a stunt. I think it was just the the play took forever to develop. And um, Rocky didn't get rid of the ball, and the D tackle just came around down the down the middle of the of the of the offensive line um, from his outside from where he was rushing to the outside. Um, you know, Rocky's feel went right out the window. I mean, I thought against Michigan he was getting the ball out on time. Um, you know, yeah, he was making a lot of primary reads, but at least he was in rhythm. I mean, since Iowa, he's just been he's just been off. I don't know if he's hurt or otherwise, but. Um, I mean, he was uh, never that good. You know, his numbers have never been that good. Even when he played two years ago when Lewerke was hurt, his numbers were never great. He had a good game against Purdue, but he's always been a sub 50% thrower. And besides that Purdue game, he had zero touchdowns and five interceptions. You know, right. Well, his arm talent wasn't great. We, I didn't know it would be this bad, especially after the Michigan game. Well, I mean, he, he threw six touchdowns in the first two games. And you're thinking, okay, hey, you know, he completed 70% of your passes against Rutgers. Okay, Rutgers runs a tr- cover two. Maybe he's got some accuracy and he can make some plays. And, and it, he just, he just, it, just the wheels fell off. So, I mean, this isn't like, this isn't a situation where you've got like a, someone like a, a, maybe Kalen Lucas where they're in a shooting slump and you just tell them to shoot through it, right? Cause you know, the guy's a great player and he's just having a bad day or appling. I think it's probably a better, a better analogy for that. Um, before his wrist injury. Um, but in this case, um, I, I, I don't see how, it, and this is going to go into the, uh, the next part of the discussion. I, I, Tucker has now had his, his NFL preseason. Okay. He's had his four games to evaluate the roster. Um, and it's pretty clear. He knows who he wants to be part of 2021 and who not. And I have a hard time, um, seeing them I just can't see them sticking with Lombardi when Thorne offers an obvious spark and upside you may not win much this year or at all with Thorne because he's young but I think there's a spark there especially with the offensive line being as bad as it is and oh my lord is it bad um Thorne gives you at least a at least a shot at being able to move the ball yeah, he he brings that running that running ability that I I think at least he had like very good field awareness you know especially on the read option he knew when to pull it and I never felt like Rocky knew when to hold and when to give the ball but I agree he offers a spark and I think he brings a lot more accuracy than Rocky Lombardi does but I don't think in good conscience you can put Rocky back out there when you know you you're not you might not win games but Rocky Lombardi lost you that game early you know he gave your chance you know your team no chance and with the defense which is you know young like Michigan State's defense and learning the last thing they need to be you know given is a short field to work with against Michael Penix you know that's not going to give them any confidence they're not getting off the field you know you had two new defensive backs playing because Chris Jackson and Kalen Gervin didn't play 
you you cannot handicap your defense like that with Rocky Lombardi. So, you know, Peyton Thorne might not win you game games, but I hope at least I, I don't think he's going to lose games as bad as Rocky Lombardi put you behind the eight ball. I don't know if you agree with that. I just thought that, you know, Peyton Thorne at least wouldn't make so many blatant errors. I guess he's only played a half of football, but I didn't think he played anywhere near the mistake-ridden football Rocky had played in the last two games. Yeah, and just to your point, I mean, it's not like these it's not like these these interceptions or or mistakes are coming, you know, in the red zone, okay, you know, opponent's got to go 85 yards for a touchdown or something like that. Um, you know, there's a uh an, an interception that sets up um, you know, Indiana at the 50. Okay, they get a touchdown. There's a fumble that sets up Indiana on the 16-yard line. Okay, Indiana gets a touchdown. All right, there's an interception. All right, that sets up Indiana goes seven, pl- 22 yards in seven plays, which is great. DM, that's 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 crawling. They get a field goal out of it though, because the interception was was set them up in, in fantastic in fantastic territory. Um, the only law, the only like. "Quote unquote." I, I guess they got two touchdown drives. If you want to count the one that started at the fifty, they had one seventy-nine yard drive. Okay, is that the one uh, too bad? They had like a sixty-yard completion for a touchdown. No, no, no. That's you're thinking of the Iowa game, sadly. No, no, no. no. They had a they had a back shoulder throw uh, against Shakir Brown for a long touchdown. I thought on a third mm-hmm. a third and long, they that definitely is, did in this game. That is a. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. So even though that's a long, even though that's a long drive, it's a big, it's a broken play on third and long where, you know, Penix made a good throw and Shakir Brown's head was not in the right place. Well, he already Um, had two interceptions by that point. But what you, but what I'm looking at is that, okay, they gave up a, a two, a, a two play touchdown drive, a seven play touchdown drive, a five play touchdown drive, and a, five play seven seven play field goal drive i mean it's not like indiana is like um really doing much even after states trying to trying to trying to in the second half you know indiana's longest drive of the game lasted eight plays and that that covered 37 yards uh you know but msu here is is you can't you got to hold the ball longer than you know eight seconds for a drive uh 47 seconds for a drive, 42 seconds for a drive, minute 14. I mean, I understand uh, seven seconds for the interception. I mean, you're leaving your defense out to hang. And that's the only, the only bright spot was that MSU second half stopped Indiana on downs twice. Um, and also forced, um, forced a couple of punts. And that's, that's the, they, you know, I know Indiana was kind of keeping MSU at arm's length, but I mean, really, you've got a, um, um, you've got, you, you got some, uh, you got a little something to go on. So I guess that, you know, I, I without, without belaboring the point, th- things aren't good in, in East Lansing. Okay. This is not, this is not the championship team or roster that were, that we saw even five years ago. And uh, I think you can, mostly lay that at the at the feet of D'Antonio and his assistants that really refused to recruit, but also in that 2016 class and 2017 class, um, the really the only people that are left are the bottom of the 17 class. 16's almost gone. Uh, Naquan Jones is playing. Um, I, I, I didn't know this. Jalen Hunt took a starting spot. Did you know that? I did. I did see that this weekend. Yeah. And, and Jalen Hunt's been good. And ho- I hope like, Tucker said he was healthy. He got banged up at the end of the game. And it actually looked like a pretty violent collision, collision and it looks healthy. But yeah, what you what you said about personnel, it's bad. Um, and we're going to get into Tucker's press conference in a quick moment yeah. here. But like you said about the defense, uh, I actually thought for what, what they were given, they did pretty good. I think the interior defensive line has been a bright spot all year. Um, you know, I've been pleased with Noquan Jones, Jalen Hunt, Deshaun Mallory, and Slade. I think that's a pretty good group. That's a good core for Tucker to build on. Um, you know, Jeff Piotrowski played. He might not have the size, but if Tucker likes him, we'll take it. Michael Fletcher doesn't look lost, which bodes well for the future. I actually think on defense, if you look at, you know, the front four, well, the front, I guess, three. We, we still need to help some defensive end. I thought defensive backs aren't that bad. You just got to get them healthy. But the linebacker position outside of Simmons, and Simmons probably will be gone next year. 
I mean, we went through the roster before the podcast. I mean, you have Noah Hari, Chase Klein, and literally nobody. Um, that is really concerning. And, you know, to your point about talent, um, you know, that might be where we have to hit the portal really hard because, I mean, Noah Harley, Harvey may be next year, but you need more than two linebackers to field the team. And that's that's where I, I just don't know where that fall off was. Um, but yeah, obviously I mean, there's a problem like Marcel Lewis is in the portal. Well, if the kid couldn't get on the field, how you know, was he really yeah. right? Is Where was the talent? Right. Right. The, the one thing I was going to say that was one a little bit of a bright spot against Indiana, a um, bunch of touchbacks, no, uh, no kick returns allowed. And uh, uh, Jaden, uh, Jaden Reed ripped off a 36 yard kickoff return. Yeah. You know, they were better. They were better. And I thought Elijah Collins ran with a little more purpose. Um, I thought he actually didn't look as out of place as he did in the past. Um, and he executed a good screen pass from Thorne. I mean, there are pieces here that there are positives. There's just so many negatives. You don't get to see those positives very often. Yeah. And I think, I think um, uh, probably the, and we don't know. Um, I think Tucker had an option in the spring, in the fall here to either work on fundamentals or implement his schemes. And I think he went out with implementing the schemes because I'm not seeing the fundamentals, especially on the offensive line that um, I would have, I, I would have expected. Um, it's just not there. And uh, uh, part of maybe that's ability. Maybe that's, um, but I, I honestly think they just didn't have a lot of time to coach. Um, they did. They didn't. They didn't. It's year zero, guys. Yeah. So that's. But that's to say. I mean, there's a reason you're, you're rushing for 60 yards and two and a half yards to carry against Indiana, and are like you. You cannot run the ball at all. Um, and I think we all knew that the offensive line was going to be a little young, and then we found out Luke Campbell had you know his issue with his knee. You're down another potential fifth year senior. Um, you know, it's not like these guys are a bunch of four star studs to begin with. Uh, for the most part, other than Jarvis and Dobbs, wherever he is. Um, but, you know, there's an example, you know, Dobbs isn't even dressing. So I don't care how many stars are, nef- are next to your name. If you're not putting in the work and you're not ready to go, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you did in high school. And I think that's th- the best thing that happened this week with Tucker's press conference and the fact that people actually are leaving. Um, I, I, I hate to say that because I know D'Antonio is big about family atmosphere, um, but I think we both agree that he took it too far the other way. And I mean, especially after the 16 class imploded, um, I mean, he took a bunch of, I mean, there's not a lot of high ceiling athletes on the team, uh, anymore. And even those, even those guys, you took like a flyer on like a, like a Keith Mumford, not a flyer, but like, okay, Keith Mumphrey was a, was a three-star or Curtis Drummond were a three-star, but you look at their offer list and you see like Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, um, you know, a couple SEC schools, Tennessee, uh, South Carolina, you know, the occasional LSU, you know, venturing north or something, identifying a prospect. And, and too often you've got, you know, Mac schools in Syracuse, Mac schools in BC and Illinois. And, and that's kind of what the roster looks like. Um, yeah. And especially on the lines. I mean, they, like, I, I understand it, Ronnie. Um, you know, they took, they took two stud defensive ends in the, in the 16 class. And then they took another. Remember Lashawn Paulino Bell in seventeen, who was another four, borderline four star. And what happened was, within two years of those classes, they're all gone. Well, then the eighteen class is looking at a log jam, so not a lot of DNs are coming in that class. Uh, so they kind of took the dregs, and then you end up with with basically no one. Yeah, um, a lot of things went wrong to get to the point you know, we're at, but that 16 class really can look at the cornerstone of that with, you know, the King and Robertson and, and like you said, Pauline Nobel, and it's disappointing um, where they are, but it, it makes sense to be where they are, but it didn't happen overnight. Um, it's been coming. And I do think for this team, for this program to become healthy um, and, and Tucker really talked about this was basically trimming the fat pulling the weeds and he yep. said it with without saying it so strongly well he said it pretty strongly honestly i mean basically tucker came out and said you know i i don't care you know this is not recreational sports you know you you play to you know you play to stay you gotta you know gotta earn your keep and i think this is something we've all been wanting for a long time d'antonio believes that if you recruited a kid and it didn't pan out well that was his poor talent evaluation and i give the man a lot of credit that's pretty noble 
Tucker is going more of the Saban way because if you look at 2009, Saban went into you know Alabama, the 2009-2010 team. He was kicking, he was processing players, and he had processed 25 more players by the time that Michigan that by the as many as Michigan State did when we played in the bowl game in 2010. And you saw the difference in talent. You know, they got rid of their bottom 25. D'Antonio kept his bottom 25. And you saw the difference in teams in 2010 when we couldn't even get a quarterback to stay on the field. So Tucker comes out here and says these strong words, and you're starting to see the effects of that already. Marcel Lewis in the portal, Anthony Williams in the portal. I hear that's not so much to do with his football ability, more to do with maybe some off the field um, things, not, legal at all but so i mean you're looking at that's the beginning and it's going to get a lot worse and it's going to be names that people were excited to see people you know have been talking about i mean you mentioned earlier Devonte dobbs i you know if you're not dressing I, i'm not gonna expect you to be on this team next year i, I don't know what you think of i mean I'm, that's just speculation that we don't know but i like that direction i like that idea um I think it's just that means it's going to get worse before it gets better, at least in the next year, two years. But I think that will get Tucker, his guys quicker and hopefully turn it around faster. I don't know if you agree with that. What are your thoughts on what Mel Tucker said in that press conference? Well, I mean, he's really just kind of all, all he can really go off of are the words. You know, the, the thing that really kind of confused me, I think, frustrated the fan base is that, you know, they, they I think a lot of people expected them to be two and two at this point, you know, maybe with, with a win over, over Rutgers, maybe a win over at home over IU. Right. Um, you know, if you're optimistic, you know, some people might've seen it one and three, but with Rutgers being the one, and then, you know, Michigan would probably be a, you know, a hard fought loss, but the team would look better, you know? And I think that's, that the difference between this and like D'Antonio's first year is, um, you know, D'Antonio's first year, um, clearly the team didn't have the talent to hang with the top of the league but they fought with the top of the league. You know, they yeah, had a, but he also had a senior Brian Hoyer and an NFL wide receiver and no, Devin Thomas. He didn't know Devin Thomas had five catches for 90 yards. Of the year. I know, but, but he was a, let's put the, D'Antonio didn't develop Devin Thomas. Devin Thomas was, he was lucky to have Devin Thomas. Mel That's Tucker true. doesn't have a Devin Thomas right. or and Brian Hoyer. Or a Jonel St. Deaconer in uh, Irvin Baldwin. At or a Javon Ringer. He's got misfit toys. That's 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 probably true. That's that's probably true. Um, so the the point being, you know, whether it's because of, of poor recruiting decisions or poor development, the roster is just it, it's just not in a good state. Um, and the sooner you get guys in, the better. I know that with the transfer portal allows for kind of a rapid refresh, probably faster than than ever before, especially with COVID season. Um, and I'm sure there are guys that are, you know, some big 10 players that went to SEC schools or went to, you know, big 12 schools, uh, that are kind of looking around now. And I, I, or even at other big 10 schools, I mean, Peyton Ramsey left, left IU and went to Northwestern. It's worked out great for both teams. Um, so there's, so so there are, there are, um, there's going to be talent in that transfer portal and you'd rather take a guy that's playing D one than a Juco, right? Um, while you get the while you get the rest of your roster set, so I, I mean, I, I expect a heavy dose of turnover. I, I'm thinking at least 15 kids leave between now and next season, probably 20. Um, I, I really, I, th- I think, I think a quarter of the roster is gone. And, I agree. Um, I think a quarter of the roster is gone. I think they take a, I think they take a 25 man class. Quite frankly, well, I think that's um, why they're getting rid of people now. I think they want to have that ability to take 25 man, you know, by that December signing date, at least to have those openings. I think they have to by the rules. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know um, what the they, rule is on right. that, but um, well, but the re- real signing day is is in February still, right? I mean, you know, I know everyone do, does early signing, but the real. So the question is whether or not the 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 recruits, because you're not going to turn over the roster by recruiting like D'Antonio did. Uh, at the end, you know, the, the 2020, the 2020 classes is, is, you know, on paper, uh, not gonna, not gonna get it done. Um, and certainly not with, and certainly not with, you know, the dregs of 17 still kicking around. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with the approach. Um, I, I do think, I do think they needed to kind of cauterize the wound, um, send a message and, because I, Ronnie, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think, I think. MSU suffered from the same arrogance that has undone a lot of good programs over the year. And that is 
a group builds a team, builds a roster, or, or builds a program, and then the next group thinks that all they have to do is show up, and they'll have born, the same success. Born on third base, D'Antonio said. So, you know, in 2016 about about that class, saying, you know, this team kind of acts like they were born on third base, you know, meaning that they never did the work to get to third base. And I think what you just said is so true. The complacency you know, the the hunger isn't there because you've had so much success, you know, three Big Ten titles, a college football playoff experience, you know, you beat Baylor in the bowl game, you won the Rose Bowl. I mean, you start to expect these things and you start putting in those, you know, the work, the summer conditioning that they're so famous for. And I think everyone got complacent, uh, you know, players to even upwards of the coaches and, you know, losing guys like Barnett um, as a coach and lose, you know, losing Narduzzi, I think, really changed the trajectory of the program. Not that it was bad, but maybe that it was stale. And you needed those guys who were, you know, maybe more hype, more energy that D'Antonio didn't actually bring himself. You didn't have it. And just, you know, like we said earlier, a lot of things went wrong to get us to this place. But I do think that Tucker has that drive and he's very Saban like. And I think that bodes well going forward, especially especially in this day and age. I think time is the key here, right? Like I think recruits, I think recruits are still going to want to play for him. They, they, you know, they know he has an idea. They know he has, you know, a vision and they know it's his first year. I think the best thing for Michigan state is that Penn state is struggling and Michigan is struggling and that, you know, it looks like Jim Harbaugh is not going anywhere. I don't know about James Franklin, but the, the thing about that is, you know, Tucker can sell. This is my, I've had four weeks, you know, and my, you know, my McDonald's burger to go over this, you know, Jim Harvest had six years. I don't know how long Franklin's been there, but he can sell that, you know, he can recruit against them and get them. I think that's a very, that's what Tucker has going for him. What he doesn't have going for him is COVID and not being able to get these kids on campus. Right. Well, and I think what you're seeing and, and recently MSU's recruiting class has, has risen uh, quite a bit up the rankings. I mean, it was hovering in the in the low fifties and sixties. It's now, you know, forty two on 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 twenty four seven, and um, I think it's in the th- mid thirties on rivals. Do you know? I, I do not know. I do not. Know. Okay, I, I, can, I can look that up pretty quick. I'll, but pull, the, it the, I'll pull it up. No, I got it. I got it. The, the, but the, the the point is, is that you know, with with Benny coming along, and then some of the guys that he evaluated getting 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 some some ratings boosts, thirty uh, second on rivals. I mean, that's that's legit solid. I mean, that is a that is a thirty second. That's in that's right in D'Antonio's level. Um, you know, you got you got four four stars on rivals. You've got three on twenty four seven. Brantley is a, the cornerback, but you know Brantley's a guy that they 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 got early down in Florida. Uh, you know, twenty four seven has him as an eighty four, which is a low three star, and, and now now he's an eighty eight. They just bumped him today. Uh, Ethan Boyd was like an eighty six, and he's up to an eighty nine. He's steadily he's steadily gotten better. Uh, AJ Kirk is the guy that was like he was a top one hundred player uh, as a safety. Uh, and then he got hurt, right? Yeah, he had something go on where he didn't play for a year, and then he like, I think he transferred. Don't quote me. I think there was things that happened with him where his ranking dropped because he didn't have the exposure other kids would have. But he right. still was recruited pretty heavily by Ohio State, which is always a good thing. Well, it's because Mike Doss is his brother, I think. Right. Right. A, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but anyways, so, so all of a sudden, you know, I'm taking a look at this class, and I'm thinking, oh, uh, Derek Harmon continues to impress he got another little bump um you know he was an 83 low four star now he's an 86 mid three star i'm, and, I'm big on Harmon. i'm big on Harmon. that's I mean, very important to, to keep that you have to yeah, be big on it he's very big he's six five three sixty i mean yeah what are, what are you supposed to do with that i mean that's he, keeping that defensive line interior healthy is going to be a key to turning this around faster. And Tucker has a good core at defensive line. He needs to keep that going. And I think Harmon does that and, and Benny, obviously. Well, I think, okay. And, and here's, here's where I want to talk about it. So, so it's clear, it's clear the state needs help in the lines and, you know, Dan, uh, not D'Antonio, sorry, Tucker, he goes out, he gets Brandon Baldwin, uh, at, at tackle as a, as a Juco. Okay. And he's 6'7", 315 or whatever. He's a big kid, right? And he played basketball and he can move a bit. Uh, that insulates you a bit from the fact that we that there aren't many tackles on the roster. 
and you brought in Boyd. I mean, Boyd at six seven, you know, he's in the, the high two eighties or whatever. I mean, perfect. I mean, great looking prospect. I mean, really happy about that pickup. Um, you know, Gino Vandemark is, you know, the second highest rated guy in the class. Rashawn Benny, uh, you know, the, the, the crown jewel, so to speak at de- at, at, at uh, defensive tackle, uh, you know, Tyson Watson, you've got big, they're, they're bringing in a lot of big bodies. The problem is Ronnie, it takes, takes a couple of years for the big bodies to, uh, to really develop. And that's, and, and that's the question, right? So I, I don't have a problem him brooming out the, the bottom 20%, as long as the kids, you know, have, have a landing spot and get their degrees, you know, I, that that's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with everything you said. It's going to take time. And the thing that could go best for Tucker is if that some of these kids who are on the roster now can provide a solid stopgap. And I, and I think I texted you earlier, you know, if, if say Mac and Duplan can, can improve, you know, they're not terrible. They're very young. So, you know, give them a break, but if they can, you know, become what their ranking was, I think say Mac was a four star at the end. He was playing do playing a three star. If they can be solid. And, and I mentioned Spencer Brown, we had heard good things of him in the off season. If he could, be solid that could give time to Tucker get his guys in and let them develop before throwing them on the field in year one which is never a good thing for an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman really even our best I mean Conklin didn't play as a you know true freshman he was a redshirt freshman no, when he no, first you, don't, playing. You, you don't you don't play you don't play offensive lineman as true freshman unless they're right. five stars unless you're Alabama Right. Or you're gonna, or you're gonna get him hurt. I mean, that's you know, Jarvis played as a true freshman. He ended up getting hurt the next year. Yeah. Uh, Campbell played, at, you know, as a redshirt freshman. I mean, you you don't want to really play anyone before their redshirt sophomore year. Maybe you have a talented guy like a Conklin that can play as a redshirt freshman. A Joel Foreman, maybe one guy every couple of years that can really make yeah. that. I mean, you're asking right now. You're asking for Sam that can do plain and even Spencer Brown maybe to be that guy. But you know who's um who's who's getting more and more playing time is Jane Zahomba. Yeah, he's been that in there, guard. and that's he's, and that's that's a positive development because positive I was time. concerned. I was concerned we were never going to hear him from him, and he was a four star from the south. I mean, it's good that he's getting reps, and that's what these guys need reps. They're all still young. What is he? Is he a redshirt junior? A redshirt he's a redshirt sophomore? Soft redshirt sophomore. No, no, no. Which is yeah, 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 yeah. Which right. is still what we just said is where they first should be playing. So people forget about these guys when we recruit them and say, oh, you know, obviously it didn't pan out. Well, that's not necessarily necessarily the case on the interior. Now, if you're a skill position player, yes, you should be playing earlier. But, you know, Hamba's right on track if he's playing now. You know, we're giving hard grades to these players and deservedly so, but we have to remember the youth. And, you know, hopefully with a offseason, you know, COVID willing with Kapilovic, some of these younger guys can improve then Tucker can bring his guys in and, and you could see a much better team next year if those things happen. Now that's a lot of what ifs, but you know, that's the big hope for Tucker. Otherwise, if these guys don't develop, don't improve, you're looking at a year three for the, the first time we can say this team's actually going to be Tucker's guys ready to hopefully compete. Yeah. And let's, let's just, let's just focus up a little bit here on, on, on that, on that recruiting and the thing. So, there's been a lot of debate whether you know D'Antonio or Tucker took over the better roster. I think D'Antonio did because of because John L at least had the offensive line rolling at that point, and he had a lot of seniors. and And Jeff Stoutland was a good offensive line coach. Um, and you had you know senior Mike Gavetti and Pete Clifford, and you know I actually I actually lived in the dorm with Gavetti when he was a freshman. Um, so it's kind of funny. Uh, takes me back to memory lane and Terry love, by the way, um, back in good old case hall. Um, so I, when you have poor line play, I, I've heard a lot of complaints about, Oh, this offensive coordinator, he can't call anything. You know, there's some boneheaded gameplay, you know, game call or play calls. You can go watch a Clemson game and you'll see boneheaded play calls. It, it happens. The difference is that the offensive line can't execute basic running plays. They've got like a dive play that kind of gets them three yards. That works straight ahead. That's that's pretty much it in terms of what they can block. Um, and because you're not going to see any improvement till next year, you're just going to have you're just going to have to accept the fact that it, it's a growing year. 
Um, but when when a new if a good if a good coach comes into a program like 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 a Michigan State, not like a not like a a, a Ohio State or or even a Texas or one of those places that can recruit a top ten class in year one, um, it's a it really is Ronnie. It, it's a four year process, and it year one you're going to lose big, year two you're going to lose small close games. Year three, you're going to win small. You're going to win some close games. And year four, you're going to win big. That's it's really you can maybe compress it into three years, um, but I think with COVID, I think four. You know, with year four being quote unquote a real year three. Um, yeah. And and there's just you you aren't going to replace. You're not going to get good players until they're usually their second year starting. Okay, that that's generally when they when they make a leap or. You know, or in their third year in the program, that's usually where where your body's mature. Okay, so even if you think there's some good players in even the 20 class or even the 2021 class, you're not really going to see them till 2022 or 2023. Okay, so in the interim, either you're gonna you're gonna have to take a lot of transfers, or or, or a chunk of transfers to shore up positions, which I'm fine with. You know, if if you know JD Spielman from Nebraska, you know, if there was an, if there was a receiver issue. And JD Spielman wanted to come to MSU. I wasn't. I wouldn't cry about it. You know what I mean? Like there, there, there can be some real talent out there in the transfer portal. Um, uh, you can maybe do this in three years. Uh, I think you end up with three twenty-five man classes, though. Would you agree think, with that? I think Tucker's going to hit twenty-five man classes throughout his entire career at Michigan State for however long that is, and I think he's going to process the kids who you know, aren't even out to stub for whatever reason, snub for whatever reason. And, you know, sometimes that, that, that may not even be a talent issue. It may be an academic issue, but I think Tucker is going to be much less lenient in those type of things going forward. And, and I do agree that, you know, you can do it in three years sometimes, but this is not year one. People keep thinking this is Tucker's first year. It is not. This is Tucker's spring ball. I mean, that's yeah. literally what we're looking at. The guy never got spring. You know, I was talking to a few of my friends this week and they were like, you know, I'm really concerned about Tucker's judgment because he thought Rocky Lombardi was the best quarterback. Well, Tucker didn't have a spring to evaluate the quarterbacks and he only had a fall where he has one guy with game experience and one guy without, what was he supposed to do? And and I think people forget that this is the four weeks in, this is really, really, like you said, his NFL preseason, he has finally seen what he has and he didn't know. So last year when he if he thought that he needed something, he didn't have time to hit the portal because he had no idea. So you're just seeing now him being able to get his roster, you know, direction. He he didn't even have that before these games. So I, I think it's going to take time, but I do agree with you. I think 25 man classes and I think he's going to hit it hard, but I do expect 2022 to be a huge recruiting reel year for Mel Tucker because that is what Mel Tucker does well recruit and it's well known he's a good recruiter and we'll be able to get kids back on campus at that time well and i think i think the important we're not to say that it'd be like mel tucker's apologist by any means because but but the truth of it is he's going to coach for at least three years hey you, you you can't you can't you can't fire him before then anyways um he has dealt with extraordinarily tough circumstances and he is to some extent unproven i mean he's only had one season as a head coach I, you know, I think there's a learning curve with this. I mean, you look at look at um, you know Barnett and Trestle as defensive coordinators, right? 2015, they take over for Narduzzi. The team's okay. You know, they couldn't make adjustments against Alabama. 2016 is a disaster. 2017, things start to look okay. Barnett leaves, and now Trestle's in his fourth year as defensive coordinator. And the 2018 defense is the second best defense D'Antonio's fielded, uh, second probably only to 2013, maybe even better considering how bad that offense was. Um, so coaches, that's the thing. Coaches can get better. You know, head coaches can learn and get better. I mean, I didn't watch all of D'Antonio's games at Cincinnati before he came here. I don't know what mistakes or what he learned in terms of game theory from that. Um, from that, uh, But I, I think he probably did. And Tucker's made some, you know, there have been some poor play calls. You know, running straight ahead on fourth and, you know, fourth and two with Connor Hayward is not a, is, that, that is not a, that is not a play you use to win the game. Um, that's it's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, instead you needed, uh, he, like you said, you have to know what you're working with on top of, you have to know the game and the game feel. 
So, and there's no home crowds and all this other stuff. The, the point is, is that MSU fans aren't used to bad football anymore, um, which is good. I think that's, that shows where the, where the good, good and bad, good and bad, because yeah, patience I mean, is key here. Patience is key here. And yeah. it's good for us as fans, but I, I think, you know, we're pretty reasonable. I know people are out there yelling, you know, this cupboard wasn't bare. And I think people really need to take a step back and take a look at the, the, what, what Michigan state's football roster is right now and understand this is a process. And if you have patience, I think that could pay off, you know, tremendously going forward in three years when, like you said, Cuff Tucker has good game. You know, that's four, he'll be his fourth year as a head coach and he'll have his guys. So I think it's yeah. the perfect, I think it's the perfect, you know, marriage there. I think that's a, a good time frame to, for development for both our coaching staff and the roster. Yeah. And I, I think to that point, um, I, so, so we're, we're, we're really not going to talk about Maryland. Um, I think they didn't practice again tonight, which is, uh, which is Wednesday. Um, even if Maryland is kind of on a hot streak with two wins, uh, including a big win over Penn state, um, they're not going to go into a game without practicing for two weeks. Um, so we're, we're expecting that game to be canceled. If it is played, um, they're better than they were last year. Uh, they got a new offensive line coach. He actually had spring ball to work with them in, in, in some time. Um, they brought in a transfer quarterback uh, to a Tunga Valoas. Oh my Lord. Terrible. Uh, brother, um, and who's, who had a rough game against Northwestern and then went off the last two weeks against Minnesota, you know, no big deal. See, see Joe Milton for that. Um, and Penn state, um, that's a high powered offense. I kind of would like to see, um, cause they run a pistol spread offense, uh, with some read option looks. I, I would love to see them against the four, two, five, because we talked about it, you know, the four, two, five is a better matchup than, um, the against, uh, spread offenses. And you saw that against Indiana. I mean, you they they it it can keep the scoring down. You know, it did twenty four points. You know, giving up twenty four points at home, especially when two came off a short field. That's or, or uh, two touchdowns came off a short field. I mean, that's that was pretty good. It was pretty good, good. and it, it would have been it would have been great to see. I, I was looking forward to it because you know they've actually given up pretty bad rushing numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I was hoping to, that maybe Michigan State could get a run game going with Jordan Simmons, you yeah. know, and maybe establish something on offense with Peyton Thorne. The thing is we need as many game reps as possible and losing this game sucks with the, you know, limited schedule, but also I don't want to put our we don't we just I, Andrew and I agree we don't want to put our kids in danger, especially cuz their covid numbers keep going up. If they're yeah. not practicing I, I can't see Michigan State unless they have absolute certainty that with good conscience, you know, going down there and playing that game. Well, and I think, quite frankly, the, the team could use a bye week. Um, I think I think to get the roster straight, you, you you now decide. I mean, now I think what happens if I'm Tucker and what sounds like what's happening, he's identified the guys he here in 2021. And I think those guys are getting the the next four games, their the three or three game. Well, four, I guess, if they do the crossover. Um, I think they're getting those reps and I think yeah. you'll see, a, you know, a, a tighter rotation, and they're going to work on getting those guys as good as possible. And yeah. that, yeah. and that's, it's a, it, it's going to be a business. It's going to be business-like and I'm, you know, sorry if guys feelings are hurt. I, I mean that, I mean, you know, the, the, this is a close knit team. Um, but you know, the, the, the brotherhood isn't cutting it, unfortunately. And that's a problem because you're, you know, you're 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 letting your teammates down. You're letting your your friends down. I'm, I'm sorry if you're doing that, but it, it's it's you know this isn't this isn't everyone get a participation trophy, right. uh, and that's it, it is what it is. You know, look, it, it, there's also a new offense, a new defense. I, I think they I think you roll with Thorne the rest of the year, um, unless he gets hurt or or melts down, and then you see what you have in Theo Day. Uh, pretty clear. It's pretty clear that Thorne's the number two. Um, which is good. I mean, you want, it's a good sign if a younger guy is passing veterans, that means the younger guy has at least something. Um, and so I, I, you know, I don't know. I, there may not be another win on the schedule. I mean, you've got Northwestern. That's a top 20 team legitimately, um, great, fantastic defense and, and a functional offense, you know, Pat Fitzgerald special, uh, kind of like uh, you know, very similar to Iowa in terms of skill and ability. Uh, and skill, but like the way the team's constructed, that's a tough game. 
Uh, Ohio State's after that. Let's just let's just agree that that, that will not be fun. Um, and then you've got a game against Penn State. You know, who plays Iowa this weekend will probably be the zero and five. Uh, Penn State still has to play Michigan, so we'll see how that that goes. Uh, but you you could be playing a one in seven Penn State team by the end of the year, at the year end for the for the for the Land Grant Trophy. So that might actually be your best bet at a second win. No, oh, it is. It is right now, especially if if the game doesn't happen like we don't expect it, and that's okay. Year one, you know, you beat Michigan. That's a good thing. It's not acceptable for one, but you know, these are some definitely weird times and Tucker was behind the eight ball more than anyone, not by his own fault. So mm-hmm. this is okay. This was every game rep is a valuable rep for this program going forward. So I, I think next year will look very, very different. And I think that things will be crisper and the, you know, the culture of the program will be Tucker's culture and not D'Antonio's then. And not to say D'Antonio's culture wasn't a good culture, but it's time for it to be Tucker's culture. And that's a good thing. So I think all those things will happen. And I think that's okay. Um, but you know what? You know what the crazy thing is? Who would have bet that Michigan State basketball would have played a game before Michigan State football? And they will now because they play next Wednesday, which is crazy to think about, right? What do you mean? State's Michigan played. State, they, play, played they play basketball next Wednesday before they'll play before Michigan State football plays. Well, yeah, but that happens during the year, anyways. There's ten. I know, but I, 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 we didn't even know if we were when basketball was starting. They just came out with the schedule. If okay. I told you last week basketball okay, was playing before football, I, I was like, I was like, doesn't it? That's that's usually what happens. Yes, right? yes, so, it is usually okay, what happens. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, my, my, I will tell you, I've got, uh, I'm with the people that are upset with how the team has looked. That's not what I expect out of Michigan State football. I do want to say that I'm encouraged by at least the words that are being said by the coach. Um, even if the game day isn't, isn't where it needs to be. Um, the fact that he is, he is at least going to try to reshape this roster. Um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Certainly football programs weren't, um, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, Jim Harbaugh went in and, and he did a bunch of great, you know, great stuff at Michigan. Well, Brady Hoke left him two top 10 classes yeah. in, in that roster. And those guys had just hit their, Guess what? Third and fourth years, you know, or fourth and fifth years, and all of a sudden, what happened? Fifteen and sixteen, they had really strong teams, and then the bottom fell out. So, uh, because they not, not enough was coming behind. Here, the bottom's already fallen out. So, um, you know, getting 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 beat like seventy three to seven in back to back weeks. It, it, that, that's it. That that is the bottom. That is that is you know, Ohio State's probably going to might win seventy three to th- seven by themselves, but. Um, we're just going to have, you're just gonna have to eat it this year. Um, and I know that's small comfort, but, but I do think, I do think the doctor is, 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 is administering the medicine. You just got to let, you just got to let it run its course. Is that an okay analogy there, doctor? I think, I think that's, I think that's exactly correct. It's going to get worse before it gets better and that's okay. And I, I do think, you know, the winds might not be there next year, but it won't be this bad. Um, and I think that next year you'll have a, you know, a positive step forward and then we can really, and then we can really, after next season kind of step back, we'll sit here and talk about it. You know, where are we and where can we go? But we can't make that evaluation until even after next year, you know, so, and and that's okay. And that's okay. I mean, look, look, it took James Franklin three years at at Penn state, you know, dealing with Sam to, to flip that roster and he recruited in the top. 20 or 30, 15 or whatever quickly. Um, so, you know, and, and I also think one, one final note on that. I also think Tucker's the type that's going to, um, um, he's not going to be afraid to broom an underperforming coach. So if and I understand people are, don't like Jay Johnson right now, um, you know, if that play calling continues to be an issue, uh, especially in key moments where things are actually at stake, like let's say, you know, a year from now, you know, two years from now, we're playing Iowa, you know, both teams are in the top 20 and it's, you know, fourth and three and he runs, you know, a tight end sweep from the, from the six yard line or something, or, or it's, it's fourth and inches and he he goes shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you can, you can have some beef there. You can be upset at that. Um, and I think Tucker will too. So I, I, I do think, I do think there's a steady hand at the helm. 
even though the 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 waters are stormy right now. Yeah. How's that for some po- poetry? It was beautiful. And yeah. I, I think that's all we got, really. I don't think there's yeah. much else. Well, I don't Just, think there's, there's yeah, I mean, I think everyone needs to stay safe. Um, you know, yeah. there's not COVID spiking all over the country. Um, so that's something to be really cautious about. And um, that, you know, I think MSU will take the take this by. Uh, we're assuming it hasn't been called yet, at least not as of right now. Uh, but I assume I, if, if they don't have to travel, uh, it's not a bad thing. They get to take the by. They get to kind of recollect themselves. And I think switch over to the Thorn era. And with that ter- with that trimmed down roster, so I actually I actually expect Ronnie. I, I, I do not expect them to beat Northwestern. I think Northwestern's a good, well coached team with a roster full of guys that are all in on Fitzgerald's system, right? But I expect them to fight in that game, and that's going to be that's going to be my bellwether test. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, just don't quit. If they don't quit, I'm pretty pleased with that. It shows that the attitude is right, and they'll get their guys when they have them. And I just want to say good luck to Cash and Xavier Tillman tonight. The draft. I hope. Uh, I hope they do. Uh, they get what they want. So I hope. Yeah. I, you know, good thoughts for them. Yeah. yeah. And next week we'll talk a little basketball, huh? Yeah. No, for sure. It'll be exciting. It will be. It will be. I. I, I now. I now understand who's on the team and who's not. So that's that's going to be a step in the right direction. So big step. That's that's big for us. That's big for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, the bottom line. I think recruiting is is actually heading in the right direction. Uh, I think the, um, there's a huge emphasis on linemen and getting big line, not big, but strong linemen, functional linemen in the program. Uh, I keep reading the scouting reports about these guys and I keep hearing Ronnie. It's so, so great to hear, uh, great flexibility, former basketball player, um, good athlete, um, rather than it's, it's very skip. necessary. Yeah, it is. It, they're getting, they're getting, they're getting quality at quality, big men in, you may not see that result from this class until 2022 or even later, but but there. Just remember that there there's reinforcements coming in through the trenches, and that's that. It's encouraging to see targeted recruiting that targets areas that are clearly clearly weak. Um, and I'm, it's going to be interesting to see who comes in through the portal and and uh, you know it, it's it's a it's a different it's a it's a different program than D'Antonio, and I think we just have to embrace that and and go with it. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. All right. Uh, anything else? No, I think, I think we covered it and we will, uh, we will be back next week to talk about hopefully a football game. Yeah. Hopefully Northwestern, the Northwestern game and, uh, and Izzo's, Izzo's latest, uh, latest team. So on behalf of all of us, uh, stay safe and go green. Go white.